Good evening. I hope everyone is doing well. I hope everyone had a great day. Tonight we're learning Daf Samach Dalad Amid Beis and Daf Samach Hay, which will Amir Sashem bring us to the end of Perak Tamid Nishchat. Fortunately, uh, we're not done with uh, learning about Kachim. And fortunately, we are, are going to finish another Perak, which is great news. And today we're going to start on Samach Dalad Amid Aleph with an amazing Mishnah. This Mishnah gives us uh, the inside scoop, as it were, as to how the Mikdash functioned at the time of the Korban Pesach, very, very Lemaisa. And then we'll analyze um, many, many pieces of this Gemara until we get to the end of the parak. So let's get started. We're on Daf Samach Dalet, Amun Aleph, two-thirds of the way down. The Mishnah opens, HaPesach Nishchat B'Shalosh Kitos, the Korban Pesach was brought in three different groupings. Shenemar B'Shachatuo So Kol Kahal Adas Yisrael, Kahal Ve'eda Ve'Yisrael. These three words are used to imply groupings, and therefore uh, it was done in three groupings. We'll see what the numbers were uh, when we get in the Gemara. So the first group goes in, and once the room was filled, then then the walls of the Azara would lock, would lock. they were locked. We'll discuss whether or not it happened al Hateva, or if it happened al we'll see. And then tiku hariu v'tiku, then the, they would blow shofar to let everybody know that everybody was in. Hakohanim, omdim shuros shuros. The kohanim were there waiting, waiting in lines. And when they were waiting there in their lines, would be a dayim vazich kesef uvazich zohab. And some of the kohanim were holding silver bowls, and some of them were holding gold ones. Shura shakula kesef kesef, shura shakula zohab zohab. And each row, it's not like one guy was holding silver and the next one was holding gold. Every row was either all silver or all gold. Why? We'll see in the Gemara. We'll see in the Gemara why that was the case. Lo The gold and the silver were not mixed up in the row. So if you the road that you were walking toward, they were either all silver or all gold. So it continues the Mishnah three lines into the wide lines, wide lines. What was the concern here? That the bowls that were used for the Kabbalah Saddam, the bowls that were used to collect all of the uh, all of the blood, they were rounded on the bottom so that they couldn't sit flat. Why? Because if you put down the bowl of blood, then it could congeal and then it's not eligible for Zrika. So what they did is they made sure that the Kohen was constantly holding it. And when you're holding it, it's constantly moving a little bit so it wouldn't congeal to the point that would be problematic. We'll see in the Gemara what the Marimukomos are for such a halacha. Shachat Yisrael v'kibel Kohen. A Jew is allowed to do the shechita for the Korban Pesach. We'll speak about this in the Gemara briefly, that uh, that uh, shechita is kosher bizarre. We'll speak about this with a non-Kohen. V'kibel ha-Kohen. And the Kohen would do the Kabbalah. So as of course we know, that there are four steps of the avoda of a korban. There's shechita, kabbalah, holacha, and there is the actual zrika. So from it seems from the Mishnah that the kabbalah had to be done. The kabbalah sadam had to be done by a kohen. We'll analyze that in the Gemara as well. One kohen would give the blood to a friend, and then a friend to another friend. And then he would receive the last Kohen would get the, the, the bowl full of blood and he would do this Rika on the Mikdash by the Yisod, by the lower, by the rim on the very bottom. And then, and he would then ret, uh, return the empty bowl back toward the front of the line. They had a little assembly line going on here to make things efficient. There were so many people 
you know, we see these all in modern uh, in modern machinery. We see these efficiencies. Okay, so these are people. They didn't have machines, but they were they were trying to be as efficient as possible. We'll see that this engages a significant halachic issue uh, with the last kohen in the chain. We'll get there in a little bit. Um, next, kohen akaro beitzalamizbeach. The kohen who's the last in the assembly line. He's nearest to the mizbeach. Zoriko zrika achas keneged hayisod. He would do one zrika with the dam from any particular Chaburah's korban against Keneged HaYesod, the Yesod of the Mizbeach. The Yesod of the Mizbeach was a little raised rim at the bottom of the Mizbeach that only existed on the Tzafon and Marav on the north and west sides. And therefore the Zerik of course had to be done in those places because it had to be on the Yesod. Why does it have to be on the Yesod? We'll see the Psukim that reference this in the Gemara. And then after, after this was all done, so now we've done the whole process. We've done Shechita, we've done Kabbalah, We've kind of done holacha, right? It was passed in an assembly line. Is that called holacha? The Gemara will discuss that today as well. A lot of a lot of mini sugyas today. So then, uh, then after everything was done, yatsis akas rishona v'nichnas akashnia. So then, yatsis akas rishona. The first group left v'nichnas akashnia. Yatsis akashnia. Nichnas akashlishis. Fine. Everyone was able to get in all three groupings. Again, reminder: all three groups because of the language of kahal and Eda and yisro. Okay. This should be an obvious point that whatever happened, whatever Seder Hadvarim took place with the first group, it also took place with the second and third groups. And Karu Esa Halel, while each group was in the Mikdash, they would say Halel. They'd mamish say the Halel. In Gamru Shanu, if they'd finished the Halel, they'd start again. And if they finished it the second time, by the way, the word Shani is from the word Shana, which means to repeat. So it's just like it's the second time when you repeat something. Now it's two. So that's when we that person should be uh, a mishana limuda. They should learn. They should do chazaram. So imshanu shilshu. If they learn it a second time, if they finish halal the second time, then they should then say it the third. And afal lo shilshu mehim. And this never, even though this is the din, it never never happened that they went through halal twice and then got to the third time. It was always done in a way where they finished the Corbin. Think about how efficient that is. You have a large room of people. This is what David, you were just saying before we started. You're talking about, as we'll soon see, 1.2 million Corbanos, okay? Even if you break them up, even if you break them up into even groups of 400,000 apiece, how can you do all of that while saying Hallel only twice? So obviously there were some Nisimini flows taking place. What? Very slow (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it could be a very slow Chazan. It's a Karlbach Hallel. They sing every paragraph. Could be. That's a, that's a great point. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, eight lines from the bottom. Samach Dal and Amad Aleph. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Mimeim shall cast shlishis lo higil leahavti ki yishma Hashem ibnei sheama muaten. When it came to the third group, the third group, forget about finishing halal the first time. They never even got to the paragraph of ahavti ki yishma Hashem. That's unbelievable. That's very early on in the process of of halal. They never got to it. They did all the korbanos. We're talking again about hundreds of thousands of people. It's an unbelievable accomplishment. Unbelievable. And then adds the Gemara, nothing changes between weekday and Shabbos. However, at that time, the Kohanim did something that they shouldn't have done. They rinsed down the floor of the Azara, and the Chachamim didn't like it. We'll see in the Gemara that they were leaning on the sheet of one of the Tanaim against another one. What they would do is all the blood that was on the ground, they would take a cup and they'd pick it up in a cup, 
and they would spill that blood on the Mizbeach. Like, what are you doing? That blood, that blood was not even Mizkabel. Blood that goes straight on the ground is not considered blood that's eligible for Zrika to start with. The only blood that's ever eligible for Zrika is blood that's instantly caught in a container from the Shechita. Even once the animal dies, the rest of the blood that comes out is not eligible for Zrika. We'll see that that's a discussion in the Gemara today as well. A lot of small sugas. Let's continue. Ketza tolenumafshitin. How would they hang the animal and how would they skin the animal? So this we learned in Masecha is probably Tamid. It says, If you look at the picture books about the Mikdash, you'll see this as well, that there were these hooks that you could hang the animal on. And uh, what they would do uh, is that and then there were pillars underneath them. They would hang the animal and they would skin them. There weren't uh, hundreds of thousands of hooks. So what did the people do who didn't have room for the hooks? They still had to be mafshit the korban. They still had to skin the animal. So it says the Gemara, they had these types of boards or kind of like... Uh, uh, cylindrical pieces of wood that that they put it from my shoulder to your shoulder, that my right shoulder to your left shoulder. So I put it on my right shoulder and your left shoulder. We'd hang the animal over the bar. I'd kind of hold the bar with one hand and I'd throw the animal over and together we would we would skin the animal. Bottom line, last few words. When the 14th of Nisan was when it was Shabbos, so you can still do all the same things. The only problem is that the boards were muksa. So we had to come up with a new solution. It reminds me of that scene from like, you know, the Hasidish dancing, they each had their hands on each other's shoulders. So now just imagine just one, my hands on your shoulders and yours is on mine. Drape the dying animal, the dead animal over you, hold it up and then skin the animal. It says, that's that's great. That's a really that's a scene to see, and that's how they would do it. I want to so, do that during COVID. Yeah, uh, seriously. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was a nace there too. Maybe when it became April, it all, all, you never know. So the, there's a there is a problem here, which is why are the boards muksa? The only thing that's ever muksa is you set it aside before yantiv. What's the problem? I don't understand. So that shaila is uh, is dealt with by by some of them. Before Shemir, it's a good question. A good question. Why? It's not a question of why couldn't they solve it. They could have solved it. It's why didn't they solve it. Why, why did we go this route where we wouldn't allow for it to take place? Maybe it would always break. Yeah, there's a different, different suggestions. There were hundreds of thousands of people. There weren't room for the There weren't room for the people. There weren't room for any. There wasn't room for anything. The logistics here don't make sense. Yeah, they were pieces together, right? Together. Yeah. Okay, but but I could always argue, go buy a log that's not that doesn't require pieces, you know, just to... Yeah, but but it, this board is just a logistical, it's a technical thing. It's not a chilek of a mitzvah. Yeah, yeah, just uh, put them in place, and you're you're being miyach them. Stones are muks on Shabbos unless you set them aside as paperweights, whatever they are. So it's a, it's very it's a very interesting element of the Mishnah. The Gemara doesn't deal with that. Next, kirao they would tear open the animal. The hotzia they would tear out the insides. They'd put it into a bowl, and then they would be maktir the innards of that animal on so when it's Yudal B'Shabbos, they can't do the roasting because it's Shabbos. So the group number one, they would go out of the Mikdash area and they'd sit on Harabais and wait till Shabbos lets out. Then they would take their korban and they would do tzli. They would be tzola the animal. Shniya B'chel. 
The second group that would leave the, uh, the Makom HaMikdash would sit by the Chayel. The Chayel was an area right outside the Mikdash. It's, you know, detailed again in those picture books, what the Chayel is. The the third group, they would just stand there and wait until Shabbos let out, and then they would do Tzli. Once it became dark out, then everyone would do Tzli. End of the Mishnah, eight lines down approximately. The Gemara here opens back with the beginning of the Mishnah. This is a Mechilta. Mechilta? Torah's Kohanim. No, no. Yeah, it's a Mechilta. Parshas, but it's a Mechilta. So the Mechilta is one of the four sources. There are four sources of Tanaic works. There's Mishnah, Brisa, Tosefta, and Midrashei Chazal. So this is Midrashei Chazal. This is explicit as part of the sources of the Tanaim. In the pecking order of things, it's not the, not one of the top. So let's say you have a Brisa that would conflict with this. The Brisa would win. A Mishnah would win. A Tosefta would win. Nevertheless, the, the Mechilta writes as follows. Amar of Yitzchak, Eina Pesach nishcharel begimol kitos shel shloshim, shloshim b'nei adam. There had to be a minimum of 30 people in each group. 30 people is child's play. What are we talking about here? These are very, very small groups. What's the, but what, what the Gemara is, is painting here is a minimum. What is, what, where, where does this come from? What are you talking about? It says the Gemara, my time, because we know that the Pasuk says, Kahal the Israel. We know that each one represents 10, which totals 30. So Mesafgalon, we're just not sure what the Pasuk means. Ibevas Achas, if we need 30 in each cast, in each grouping, or Ibezeacharze. Or if we're talking about sequentially 10, 10, 10. So we don't know if cost one needs 30, cost two needs 30, and cost three needs 30. Or if we need a total of 30 in each group, 10, 10, 10. That's unclear from the Gemara. So we're yote by having 30 in each one. Hilkach, therefore, we need, we need uh, three groups of 30, and that will total 90 people, 30 in each grouping, and that would be sufficient. If... You need 30 at any one time we have it. If you need a minimum at, of each time of 10 people, then you have that too. Ha'ika, we have that too. Hilkach, therefore, says the Gemara, first long line. You could have, um, it, not everybody has to be bringing the korban at the same time. Even 50 people would be sufficient. How could you have 50 people? How would that then be sufficient for our minimum requirements of 30? Because says the Gemara as follows. 30 people would be there and they would then bring their Korban Pesach. Ten would leave, ten would join. The other 20 had already brought, but we still have the right number of people. It's not that everybody had to bring their Korban every time. We just needed a minimum number of bodies in the room, some of whom were bringing the Korban. And then again, uh, in, the, in the third group as well, 10 would leave, 10 would join. And then that way we had 30 at every time, total of 50 people, and the math works out. Three lines down into the wide lines, one quarter of the way down on Samach Dalad Amidbe says the Gemara, Nechnes HaKas Rishona, there's a big machlokas here. Did the doors close, Derech Nes, or did the doors close by someone literally pulling the doors shut? Itmar, the Amorayim have a conversation. Abay Omar Ninalutnan, Rava Omar Noalintnan, Ninalu, they were closed. Noalin, please close them, close them. So is it a, is it that it happened on its own? The room packed, all of a sudden, Kodesh Baruch who closes the doors, Derech Nes, or no, is it that someone had the job, you're the door closer. Once we, he's sitting there with the clicker, and once he gets to a certain number, he stops and he closes the doors. Which one was it? That's a machloka samurai. My Bainai, who says the Gemara, what's the difference between Abaye and Rabba Abaye, who says it was more automatic in nature, and Rabba says it was just practical. Are we allowed to rely on miracles? We know this principle that we generally Kind of as a colloquialism, we say, Ain't we, don't, we don't rely on miracles. We usually say it in a negative way when someone says they're going to be on time. You're like, Ain't everybody calm down a little bit. It's not happening. 
So we use it in that way, but there are halachic aspects of this. Can we look at the mikdash and say, we are allowed, in the third base of mikdash, are we waiting for the doors to close or are we closing them? It's practical, but it's, it's, it's a shayla by us. So that's enough community to buy in Rava. So that's enough community. The door is closed on their own. However many people could fit in. And then then we wait for the doors to close. We rely on the miracle. Rava Amar, no, no, come on. No, it's that we know that there were miracles in the Mikdash, but those miracles are the ones that have nothing to do with us. Like, for example, enough space in the Azara or that the smoke goes straight up even on a windy day, or whatever the miracles were. They have nothing to do with human being intervention. Those are all klape shmaya, but klape ara, we, we should not be so mechal ane. So Rava doesn't like this. Rava Amar, no alintana, we do not rely on miracles. Wait a minute, we have a, a Mishnah that discusses this. Amar of Yehuda, Yehuda says, God forbid, ben nisnada. he should never be put into nida, into, into nidui. Uh, says Akavi, about Akavi ben Mahalalel, She'ein Azara nin eles, the doors don't close, nin eles, the language that Abaye used of closing automatically, Al ben someone who's of his level, the doors would never close on their own. Oh, what do we see? Nin eles, we see like Abaye. So Abaye matars the time, Evarava matars the time, Abaye matars the time, Ein bazara b'shash nin eles, Kol adam b'yisrael b'chachma b'yiraschet k'akavi ben Mahalalel. Don't worry, the doors are closing because nobody's like him. He was uh, the Spitz. Nobody was as amazing as he was. He was just an amazing Tana. So therefore, we don't have to worry about it. You're right. It says that the doors shouldn't close. I, they closed. Yeah, because no one was as great as Akavi ben Mahalala. However, Rava Mitar, it's a time ain bazar No human being would close the door when there was such a great person. I agree, the door should stay open. But... But the language of Nineles that's used in this Mishnah by Akavi ben Mahalalel is, is not changed by Abai, but not problematic because no one was as great. And by Rava, the language was changed from Ninalu to Noalin, which is a verb that someone physically did not close the door. Good. Halfway down, almost halfway down. Nobody ever got crushed. No, I did not miss one. What? Tarabanan. No. Yeah, Tarabanan. There was only one Pesach where somebody got crushed. It was in the times of Hillel, the Tana. One person did get crushed by Yukorin Oso. Pesach Meuchen. That was the year of the Pesach Meuchen where somebody got crushed. But otherwise, it was not the case. Otherwise, everyone made it out okay. It was, again, the miracle of the Mikdash that the Azara always expanded. Agrippas wanted to know, he was taking a census. How many Jews are there in the neighborhood? How many Jews are there? So he wanted to figure it out. So he says to the coin Gadol at the time, I know you guys, everyone's going to bring the Psachim, and I know the math, I know how it works. So I want you to count one year for me, how many Korbanos Pesach are you going to have? So here's what the Kohen Gadol did. Natal Kulia Mikol Echad. He took one kidney from every animal. Benin Sham Shishim Ribo Zuge Klaios. 600,000 sets, pairs of Klaios. That's 1.2 million animals. Not Klaios pairs, both from one animal. One kidney, and there were 600,000 sets of that times two. So there were 1.2 million 
Korbanos Pesach that were brought. Now that's the practical number, right? That's a lot of people. That's a very large number. And then Kiflaim Kiyotze Mitzrayim. This is double the number of men between the ages of 20 and 60 that exited Egypt, 603,600, 1,550, whatever the number was, something like that. 603,550, yeah. Somewhere around 600,000, that's a lot of people. So that, it was double that number. Chut, and we didn't even include Chutz mitame v'shay b'derech This doesn't even include the people who were ineligible to bring them because of tumor or for practical purposes, they were stuck on the water. Well, one of my rabbim called me, uh, he sent an email today, he's stuck in America, he can't get back to Eretz Yisrael. So this is Lamaisa, just imagine it's Pesach and he can't get home to bring a Korban Pesach, you're stuck in Chutz Laaretz. So he's B'derech Rechoka, he'd be this person. We're not even talking about those numbers. So it's 1.2 million, but we're, we, we're, we haven't even gotten anywhere yet. So it says the Gemara, you got to assume there's around 10 people for every Korban, so Pesach move in. So that's uh, 12 million people, minimum. Minimum 12 million people. So therefore, that's what that, that year they called that Pesach, Pesach Me'uven, Ave, from the word Ave, which means thick. There was a lot. It was very robust, very robust. You're not al-kulia. You, you took a part of the korban and put it in a pile to count everything. I don't understand. How you have to You have to burn it. It has to go on the mikdash. It's part, it's part of your korban Pesach. What are you doing? Says the Gemara, that's not allowed. Answers the Gemara, the Hadar Maktir Lu. Oh, don't worry. We brought it back to the Mizbech and we burned it. Well, that's impressive. But you can't mix up the korban from uh, from that family with the korban of this family. So if I have the kidney from the Wolper family and I have a kidney from from the Pfeffer family, you can't. It doesn't work that way. You think they recognize the DNA of every body part? Oh no, no. I look at the kidney. I can tell it's from him. That's ridiculous. So it says the Gemara. Wow, they went back and burned 1.2 million kidneys. One at a time. <laughs> what a job. It's unbelievable. Says the Gemara about Tanya, but wait a minute, that doesn't work. Okay, so at least they're not me'urab zebazeh. It's not two chaburas mixing kidneys, I understand. But one at a time is crazy town. And not only that, the iktirum All the animal parts should be maktir together. So you can't say what you just said. It's not just that you did the kidneys by themselves. They had to be done with the whole animal in which they came. Answers the Gemara, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. I got it. No problem. It wasn't the actual kidney. They picked up a kidney and then they took a little token and dropped it in a bucket. The tokens totaled 1.2 million. They weren't actually taking the kidneys and therefore uh, all is well. And But the numbers are still accurate that it was 1.2 million Korbanos Pesach under the leadership of that Kohen Gadol during the time of Agrippus times approximately 10, not including those who are who were Tameh and not including those who were Derech Rechoka. You're looking at 15, 20, 15, 20 million people. It's a lot of people. A lot of people that was living in Eretz Yisrael at the time. It's a lot. Good. Two thirds of the way down, Samach Dalad, we've got a lot of work to do. Let's continue. Says the Gemara, Kohanim Omdim Shuros, they were standing in lines. My time, why was it that each one had to be holding only old, only all silver or all gold? Maybe you'll be, uh, we have a rule that we say, you can only elevate the Kedusha. And when you're doing this mitzvah of Hakrava, then you should not be switching from gold to silver. Maybe it was Moridin Bakodesh. Maybe you made an error. Says the Gemara, well, that, that's not a good argument because even within the silver or even within the gold, there's still price points. There are still those which are more expensive and those which are less expensive. So let's say the bowl that I that Kohen number one is holding is $500, shekel, ruble, whatever. And the next bowl is 200 
it's still Malin Bakodesh Vemuridin. So it can't be that there's a material issue because the materials all have different costs, even within any one material. Ella Dahacha Shapir looked better. It was more appealing. It was more attractive. It looked nicer. The tsura, just the tsura, nothing else. The tsura was more beautiful. Okay. Below there were no bowls. There were no bottoms to the bowls, as we already said in our Mishnah, because we were afraid that the blood might congeal. Tanarabana on 15 lines from the bottom, two-thirds of the way down. There were no bottoms to the bowls. Chutz, with one exception. Except for that bowl of frankincense that was used by the lechem upon him, that was the only one where, where it had bottoms. Why did that have a bottom? Because if you weren't able to put him down, then then maybe you'd accidentally lean up against the lechem upon him and break one of the loaves of bread and invalidate it. So we know, Ladina, that we're, we try to make a hamotzi on shleimim. We don't want, this is one of the places where we learn it from. We need the breads to be shleimim. We don't want them to be parsed. We don't want to break them into pieces. So the Mephorshim discuss what happens if you have either, you, can, you have only one loaf of bread. Should you cut it in half and have two pieces? Or should you leave it whole and only have one? So the post can say, you should leave it whole and only have one. It's better to have one shalim than two partials. So we should try to be careful not to, not to break our chalas. And that's why the bowl for the levona, for the lechem apanim, did have a bottom so that we wouldn't have the concern that the coin would lean up against the, uh, lean up against the lechem apanim and break one of the rolls. Good. What's going on here with the Yisrael doing the korban here? Says the Gemara, we're trying to teach something very important here. That shechita, the actual process exclusively of shechita, not all four steps of hakrava, just step number one, taking the knife. We don't put our hands on top, right? You, we don't press down. It's, I think it's called hadrasa. When you put your finger on top of the knife, we do that with a piece of meat that's hard to cut. You get more pressure. You're not allowed to do that. You hold the handle just gently, super, super sharp knife, sawing motion gently back and forth, and that is considered sufficient. So that one step alone, not the Kabbalah Saddam, as we'll see in a moment, the shechita bizarre k'sher, I, the kibel hakohen. That was the language of the Mishnah. What do we learn from the words of the kibel hakohen? So answers the Gemara, that when it comes to the Kabbalah, the next three steps of the Hakrava process, you first have Shechita, and then you have Kabbalah Saddam, and then Hiluch, and then lastly you have Zerika. So only Shechita is Kasher Bizar. That's fine, but for Kabbalah and Hiluch and Zerika, that's only eligible for a Kohen. What do we learn? That the mitzvah of kahuna kicks in after shechita with kabbalah. And for shechita, it's, it's kosher bizarre. But for kabbalah and hiluch and for zrika, that's kosher only for a kohen. That's mitzvah, so that's his mitzvah. So what does it mean in the Mishnah when it says nos no lechavero? So there was, there, there was just an assembly line? Well, that has a funny implication to it, which is, if it's nos no lechavero, then shomas mina holacha shelo beregel havya holacha. The transporting of the blood, even without you moving your feet, is called holacha. Remember, this is a critical part. It's shechita, kabbalah sadam, holacha, and zrika, shechita, cutting the animal, kabbalah, collecting the blood from the shechita. Holacha is taking the blood and literally holacha, holech, to walk. So it seems from here, if it's nosno lechaver, 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 like the Mishnah says, so it implies that the step of the hakrava, step three of holacha, can be performed even in an assembly line form, even if there's no holacha taking place, even if there's no walking, which makes the language of holacha very strange. So that's what the Gemara seems to imply from our Mishnah. Let's see if that stands up to the test. Answers the Gemara, Dilmuhu nine porta? No, maybe they move their feet a little bit. They're, they're not standing there with their feet in a block of cement. They moved their feet a little bit to be Yotze Holacha. It wasn't so rigid. 
says the If that's true, then why did you bother telling me about the friends and the friends of the friends? Who cares about the chavero and chavero the chavero? Who cares? What good does that do even? You've you've added nothing to the to the Mishnah. So says the Gemara. Hugely important principle. Very very important principle. Of course, based on a pasuk. This is a pasuk in Mishlei. So we've heard this phrase used before, the larger the minion, the better. This poses shilas and communities. You want to open a new minion in your shul, but there's a minion at the same time in another shul. You're going to detract. Both minyan will be more scarce. Does that, does that raise a problem of the rovam hadras mela? It maybe there's a practical problem too of getting, being yotzeitam, but also side issues, but not side issues are primary issues, but but the question is how does Barovam Hadras Melech work? That that is a whole world of information. Let us continue in the Gemara for tonight. We're eight, eight, nine, ten lines down toward the bottom of Samachdal at Amabez, and we still need to get to the end of the parak in the next 22 minutes. We will get there. Let's go. We said that the last coin in the line has to be Kibalas Amala. He first receives the new uh, jug of blood. And then Machzeres Harekan, and only then does he return the one that he already poured from. So the order seems very specific. Aval Ibchalo. But you cannot first return the empty one and then take the full one. That's not right. Because Misaili, the Rav Shimon ben Lakish, this is supported by Rav Shimon ben Lakish. So it's backwards. Rav Shimon ben Lakish was an Amora. This is a Mishnah. But Rav Shimon ben Lakish would use this as a support because what did he hold? That's why we have a custom on Friday nights that we have to make sure that the on Friday nights and on Shabbos day, on Friday nights, we eat from the bottom challah. So then the top challah should be shifted back just a little bit. So then when you reach for your challahs, the bottom one is the one that you reach first because on Shabbos, when we eat the top challah, it's reversed. The top is slid forward just a little bit. And our talus bags, our tefillin are more chashu. They need to be on top, but we're putting on our talus first. So it, our talus needs to be more forward. So the tefillin's on top, but set back. And the talus is underneath the tefillin, but set forward because of ein ma'avir and ala mitzvos. This is very lemaisa. I leave my, uh, I often leave my tefillin at home and bring my talus to shul. And then on Sunday morning, sometimes if I show up with my tefillin in hand, so ladina, you are obligated to put on your tefillin first. And in that case, you must put on your tefillin first. It's usr. You will violate this isr of you must put on your tefillin first under those circumstances. So you want to prepare for that? Great. But bring your tefillin on Saturday night, whatever. Come up with a solution. Bring your talis and tefillin or whatever. Figure it out. But you have to make sure that when you reach in, so sometimes you'll see people do this. They reach into the inside of their talis and tefillin bag. They pull out both the talus and the tefillin, and they put it down. That's not right. You need to first pull out only the talus and put that on, and then afterwards only put on the tefillin. Because we do a talus first because of tadr, v'sheinu tadr, tadr kodem. We wear a talus seven days a week. We only wear tefillin six days a week. So because the mitzvah of talus is more frequent, more prevalent than the mitzvah of tefillin, so therefore it goes first. But because it goes first, ein ma'virin ala mitzvah has got to be careful. So what's the ein ma'virin ala mitzvah here? Well, to give back a kli to the kohen, back, it was one step back in the food chain, that's not a mitzvah. I'm just giving you the empty kli to go fill it up again with blood from the next shechita. What is a mitzvah? Zrika sadam. So therefore, we're transferring at the same time. You're holding in, in, in one of your hands, you're holding a, a kli mole, and I'm holding a kli rate. So I first have to take the kli mole and then hand, because otherwise it's my vir and ala mitzvah. What I'm yeah, doing something other than the mitzvah when the opportunity presents itself. That's what the Gemara says. Plenty of other examples of in my vir and ala mitzvah, but let's continue. Says the Gemara, uh, is seven lines from the bottom coin 
Yeah, yeah. We said that the Kohen who's closest to the Mizbech does the Zrika. Mantana Pesach Bezrika. From where do we know that there's actually Zrika? Maybe it's just Shvicha. Maybe we should just pour the blood. How do we know that there's actual Zrika? says, he goes back to the Tanaim and says, Rav Yossi Aglili holds this way. The Tanya, Rav The Pasuk, this Pasuk is not by Korban Pesach. It's a Pasuk by Bechor, by the Korban of a Bechor. It says, as damam tizrok, damam in the plural, should be thrown. Al mizbech ve'eschelbam, and they're plural for chelev, taktir. Damo lo ne'emar, it doesn't say in the singular, which would imply only what the Pasuk is talking about, which is a bechor. That's a, it's not only that. Damo lo ne'emar el adamim. Chelbo lo ne'emar el achelbam. We see it's plural. So therefore, the Pasuk that's speaking about bechor, which says zrika, because that Pasuk is speaking in plural, so therefore other things must be included. Limeid al bechor. These things have the same status in regards to their blood as does the case of the Bechor, which is Bezrika. And the same would be true by the fats. This we didn't discuss yet. We mentioned it in the Mishnah. How do we know that they need to be poured on the Yesod? We know that they need to be, they need Zerika. That we just proved from the Pasuk from Bechor, that the Pasuk from Bechor had some elements in it that were plural. But how do we know that it needs to be poured on the Yesod and not just sprinkled onto the Mizbeach? Says the we learn a Gzera Shava, where the word Zrika is used by Ola and by uh, Pesach. Just like Ola has a, a need for uh, being poured on the Yisod, Pesach has the same day and asks the Gemara, top of Samachem Adalav, Ola Gufamir Alan. Uh, you gave me the Gzera Shava, but, but where do we know from within the world of Ola that it should be on the Yesod? Amar Kra El Yesod, Hamizbeach, Haola, Alma, Ola, Tuna Yesod. The Gemara is being overly clear here to highlight that Ola is, in fact, the case that it requires to be poured on the Yesod. Continues the Gemara, we said, Yatsit Sakas Rishon, and the Gemara gives a critique. Tana, uh, he nikres Kas Atzlanis, a reference to the third here, the third group of people who bring their Korban Pesach is referred to as the Kas Atzlanis. You guys are lazy. You're, you're here in the last shift. You should have been in one of the first two shifts. Says the Gemara, what do you mean you're lazy? We, we said that the three shifts are based on a Pasuk of, of Kahal and Ada and Yisrael. So ask the Gemara. What are you talking about? It's not sufficient to not have it this way. There has to be three ketos because of the psukim. So what are you talking about? My havalu the mevat. What were they supposed to do? So says the Gemara. If you really wanted to be there, you would have been in one of the first two groups. Get there early enough. You don't think when it's Black Friday that people put tents outside and wait to go buy another flat screen. Go show up at the Mikdash early enough to get in the first group. Show HaKadosh Baruch Hu you want this. Show them that you want it. You should have hurried. You should have been there early. Don't show up at the last shift. It doesn't show that you care that much. Kedatanya, the price of rights. Rebbe Omer, it's impossible for the world to not have people who sell sweet spices. It's also impossible to have a world of people who, who don't tan leather. But you should have picked a better job. You should have sold. You should have sold the bosem. You, you come home. You smell great. When you come home from the leather house, you smell like formaldehyde. So pick the one that makes a little bit more sense. You picked the wrong job. So same truth. You could. You had a choice. Show up first. It's like Okay, you made it to Shachris. It's a mitzvah to David in a shul. Pasha. 
But don't show up at the 11th hour. Show up early. They make it seem like you want to be there. It's also not possible for the world to exist without boys and without girls. It's a, uh, a wonderful thing for those who have boys. Very difficult to understand on a hundred levels. Forget the modern era when it's difficult to understand. The mitzvah del of pruervu is to have a boy and a girl. So what are you talking about? How could it be that, that this is problematic? You can't have a world without boys and girls. There's just a... What? You have to have girls. So I got to tell you, a beautiful, beautiful diuk of the uh, Me'iri. Me'iri here points out, look at the language here. It's, it's very meduyak. He says, Ashrei Mishe Bonov Zacharim, Oy lo Mishe Bonov Nekevos. Not Benosov, Bonov. He says, no. The Zachar, when your children, when your Zacharim are a Zachar, they take care of their families. But you have some Zacharim who don't take care of their families. That's not right. There's something wrong with the Zachar. It's not possible. Another answer that we've shown him to speak about, that's a great deal in the Gemara, by the way. This is very, because it doesn't say Benosa. We're, 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 we're grammatical here. The Gemara, we see in plenty of cases that women are referred to as Benosa, Benos, whatever it is, whatever it is. But here, it's very, very, very much implied that way. Another answer the Gemara that I hear, another answer the Mephorshim give, I heard this in a shir, is that if you have a son, so when there was no Chaim Rabbeinu Gershom, then a man could marry many wives and bring many more children into the world. So if your child was a man and it was able to marry many people, he was able to bring more kids into the world. Wonderful, you're populating the Jewish community. So that's the second answer the Gemara gives. Okay, complicated Gemara. The Gemara continues one quarter of the way down, Samachem and Aleph. I hope we make Marv, let's go. Uh, we said that uh, however the korban was done during the week, it was also done on Shabbos. And we said, we said they, they cleaned the floors in a way that was who was that talking about? That was not within the, the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer, the Irabanan, according to the rabbis, to rinse, to clean the floors in the base of Mikdash was a shvus, only in Isr Darabanan. There is no shvus in Mikdash, and therefore it's mutter. So it must be that when the Mishnah says in the name of Rabbi Huda that it was that it was against the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer. What are the Marimikomos here that speak about this, uh, this halachic discussion? So it says the Gemara as follows. Echad ha-cholev, someone who is a cholev, someone who's making milk, ba-machavetz, Rashi said, is someone who's uh, drawing out the way from milk, ba-magavetz, someone who's making cheese, the halacha is kegrogeris. They would violate the halacha when it gets to the shear of a grogeris, a dried fig. Ha-machavetz, when someone is cleaning the house, sweeping a house, ba-hamiravetz, and someone is adding, sprinkling water to make sure that the dust doesn't kick up from the floor, ba-rodechalos tavash, people who are who are going to be cutting down and crushing beehives that have honey in them. If you do it by accident, you're on Shabbos. If you did it on purpose, in all of these cases, you would be chayv malkos. Then adds this b'raisa, all of these are dine derabana. So this b'raisa is simply the marimakomos that underscore what our Mishnah was referring to. And Rabbi Huda says that they shouldn't have cleaned the floors. 
Why shouldn't they have cleaned the floors? Because Rabbi Eliezer says it's an Isser Daraisa. That's a bad thing to do. However, the Chachamim said it wasn't an Isser Daraisa, just the Mar Mekobaz Ravashi. Omar Ravashi says, wait a minute, we don't only have to say that, that Shalom Baratzon has to do with uh, Rabbi Eliezer. There's another possibility. Rabbi, we're, almost, we're halfway down Samachem Aleph. Ravashi Omar, you could even say that it was in violation of the desires of the Chachamim. I, the Chachamim, held that it was only an Isser Darabon and it was a Shvos, an Ein Shvos B'Mekdash. You should be able to clean the floors. Says the Gemara, yeah, but not every Isser Darabon in the Mikdash was Mutter. It's an Isser Darabon to eat a slice of cheese and a slice of meat together. It doesn't mean it's Mutter in the Mikdash because there's no Shvos B'Mekdash. It has to be Shaykh. So that's what the Gemara says here. Afilu Tema Shlabratsun Chachamim Reb Nasani. What does Reb Nasan say in the Brahsa? The Tanya Reb Nasan Omer, Shvos Tzricha Hitiru, Shvos Shena Tzricha Loitiru. When do we allow Isser Darabon in the Mikdash? That's when there's a reason to do that. But there's no reason to do that here. Just leave it be. Let the floors be dirty. Who cares? We'll see in just a moment. We'll see very soon that it was a beautiful thing that the floor had blood on it. Let it be. Good. They pick up, they scoop up some wine, uh, some uh, blood, excuse me, from the ground and pour it. Tanya. All the blood that's mixed up on the ground, they pick it up. Had it been that someone spill, spilled the blood of their korban, well, then they wouldn't have been yotze with the korban because the zrika is the makabapatish of the korban. So let's say that they are, the blood from the shrita went straight to the ground. We'll see exactly what the details are. Maybe it fell out of the kli instead of out of the ground. But says the Gemara that if a person wasn't yotze, so then what should they do? They were not Yotzeh. Then when, when Rabbi Huda says that you take this scoop of blood from the ground, this is what helps them to make their korban kosher. Good, good great problem solving. What are you talking about? If the blood's on the ground and you're scooping it up, the odds are where did the blood come from? Straight from the neck of the animal. And the, there was no Kohen there to collect the blood. So there was no Kabbalah Saddam. So there was a mistake. Fine. It's a problem. You were not Yote. I agree. But scooping it up from the ground doesn't work. Because if the blood was not first Niskabel in a Kli, it doesn't count for Zerika. You have to collect the, the blood, the first thrusts of blood from the Shechita in a Kli. Otherwise, it's a nothing. So they said, I don't understand. How do you know uh, what, what's the story with this blood? They said to him instead, it must be Shem alone Kabel in a Kli. Maybe, maybe it wasn't in a Kli, but maybe it was. Omar Lehenry Yehuda said more. No, I'm talking about blood that first and foremost was collected in a kli. How do I know that this is the case? Because Kohanimer's reasoning, the blood that I'm scooping up from the ground to help someone whose um, who's korban was not yet kosher because Zrika wasn't done because the blood spilled, it spilled out of a kli. The blood was technically kosher for Zrika, but it spilled out of the kli. So says the Gemara, well, excuse me, is reason hain is reason if they're such uh, if they're so sharp then then why did they spill it if they're so good at their jobs then why did the kohanim spill it says the they were so they were so excited it's an amazing day this is my mishmar i'm a kohen how often do i get this you get to be the kohen on, on the day of our pesach it's amazing I'm so excited. Okay, you dropped it a little bit. Fine. So that's unfortunate for that family. Says the Gemara, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. The blood that's on the ground, says the Gemara, hello, Dama, Dama Tamsis, Mu'urabo. Dama Tamsis is blood that is, um, that is not directly associated with the death of the animal. Which blood do we use for Zrika? So they do the Shechita. The blood that thrusts out during those first few moments is the Dama Nefesh. The Dama Nefesh is what's used for the Zrika. Because the kapara is on your nefesh. 
So if you want to get kapara on the, on the zrika, it has to be dama nefesh. But dama tamtis is all the remaining blood in the body. And dama tamtis is not eligible for zrika. So this is what the Gemara is bothered by. What are you talking about? Most of the blood on the ground is dama tamtis. It's mostly blood from the rest of the animal having nothing to do with dama nefesh. There's no kapara here. I disagree with you. No, forget about the blood that thrusts out immediately by the shechita. Forget that. All of the blood in the animal is fine. The Tanya, four lines from the bottom. This is the Tanakama. It's the it's, it's the Isr Kares. It's eating the blood of an animal that was the Dama Nefesh. He equates them. But maybe he holds that way halachically in certain areas that the Dama Tamtis is like the Dama Nefesh. However, by Kapara, he does not hold that way. The Pasuk says, Turning to the top of Only the blood that is Dama Nefesh, that the, that the animal dies with his Mechaper. Therefore, the Gemara has to come up with another, another answer. Rabbi Yehuda was making this recommendation that if maybe the Kohanim were his reason, they did collect the Dama Nefesh in the, uh, in the Kli and it spilled. Okay, let me take a scoop off the ground and throw it on the Mizbech just to make sure everyone's Yotze, just in case the Kli, uh, the Kli Kibul, fell and spilled. So then the Gemara has to come up with another answer. You can't say Dama Tamtis because Dama Tamtis, even Rabbi Yehuda doesn't agree that there's Kapara. So answers the Gemara second line. Unbelievable. We know in general we have a rule called min bimino bato. When you have two things that are the same, so now that they're all mixed up, they're indiscernible. You have two animals that have blood, and you mix them up. You can't tell what what molecules from what. You have no idea what you're looking at anymore. However, halachically speaking, says Rabbi Yehuda, there's no bittel when it comes to different types of dam. So even if you have 99 percent. Uh, maybe I shouldn't use such an extreme number because I might be wrong. Even if you have 51% of dam atamsis, which for which there is no kapara, and 49% of dam, which is dam nefesh, the two bloods don't are not mavatal each other. And therefore, when you scoop that blood from the ground, granted there's some dam atamsis, I agree with you, but it's not all dam atamsis because it's not mavatal, the dam nefesh, and therefore it works. Tanya, three lines from the top. Amr Lenner, Yudalachamim. Why do they plug up the drain holes in the Azara to make all the blood collect? It's a wonderful thing that they should be showing a Kodesh Baruch Hu. We're walking in this blood just for you. We're doing this. This is the Korban Pesach. It's all for you. Says the Gemara Why isn't that considered a Chatzitza? We know the Kohanim couldn't wear shoes in the base of Mikdash. Their feet had to be on the ground. Uh, and uh, they couldn't wear shoes at all. So now, if you're walking on all this blood, what are your feet touching? Blood. Your feet are not touching the floor. There's molecules of blood across the bottom of your foot. So how could you be Yotze? That should be a, a puzzle avoda. If you wear shoes, your avoda should be puzzle. So what do we do about that? The blood should be a chatzitza. Says the Gemara, very important yesod. Says the Gemara, If it's moist, if it's liquid, that's not a chatzitza. Kedetanya, the Brysa writes, six lines down, When these things have dried out, when blood, ink, milk, honey, those have dried out, 
lachen ein chotzitzim. But when they're in liquid form, there's no chatzitza. Ay v'hakam misvasei manayhu. You're not allowed to walk around the kohanim. Had their clothes had to be clean. By the way, Tamid Chachamim, they should never be seen with the Revival Bigdo. You should put yourself together. Everyone's a Tamil Chacham when it comes to when it comes to being a from Jew, you're walking around, clothes gotta be clean. To, I mean, whatever, stuff happens, but in general, clothes have to be clean. People are looking at you, they're saying that you're you're basically, as far as they're concerned, you're the you're you're the Jew. They who do they know? So you gotta make sure your clothes are clean. So the Gemara says here, this is a Dindo rice as it relates to the Kohen. It's not in the Mishnah writes, how you So if the Kohen's clothing was dirty and he did the Avodah Psula, and if you want to say the maybe they rolled up their clothes a little bit, that's not allowed either. The Kohen had to let the clothes. They had to let their uh, clothing drape to the floor. Tanya, midovad, the Pasuk says his clothing, mido, kimidaso, it has to be like his height. Shelo yechzer, below yoser, it has to be the right height. So no, you can't say that they rolled up their clothes. How did they stay clean? Says the Gemara, beholeches, evaren, lekeves, We're only talking over here about a case where they were doing something like holeches, evaren. Just bringing body uh, parts to the ramp, and that's not considered an avoda. So that, therefore, there's no psul, even if their clothes were dirty. I below, that's that's not true. But how kihuna? The fact that you need a coin to do it, therefore, by definition, avodahi. That's what we said earlier in the daf that we said that from mikabalav elach that it has to be that's the coin's mitzvah. So here you're going to say that the bringing the emurim to the kevish is not going to be a mitzvah. It's not. It is about the kohanim. So therefore, your clothes still have to be spotless here. The tanya. That doesn't work. It has to be that his clothes are clean because we see that bringing the Avram to the Kevish is Taka and Avoda. Ella says the Gemara, what must, be, what must we be talking about? Just bringing wood for the fire itself. Fine. That, uh, that answer might work. How in fact did people walk? When they were doing the avoda, blood was everywhere. How did they keep blood off of their clothes? That's, forget, that's a, that's a nace. How did they not get any blood on them? They're doing shechita. I've been at a shechita before for larger animals. It's not like the most simple thing to stay clean when you are the shochet. It's not simple. So how did they manage that? Says the Gemara, demaske a A word from Masech HaSukkah, an itzibah is like a pillar, a block of some kind. You're standing up on a little platform, and that's how they would make sure that the blood didn't get on them. We said in our Mishnah that uh, how do we uh, do the, the hanging and the, the, the stripping of the skin. And then we also said, then we said that they uh, tear open the animal and remove the innards. The son of Bemages, you put it in a bowl. And then for them to be muktar, for them to be um, cooked, for them to be burned on the Mizbeach. Who would be doing this? Was it the Kohen? Was it the Balabais? Ema, you're right. Just like Haktira and Algabim, just that they need to be done, but not that it was done by the person who owns it and it was done by a Kohen. Yatsis Rishona, and then with this, we'll close out on the Perek. Uh, when the first group left, Tana, Kol Echad Be'echad, Nosein Pischo Be'oru, Mafshila When they would take their Korban Pesach to go home, they would wrap it in the skin. They'd put it in, in Mafshila Chorub and throw it over their back, and they would hold the skin in a way where the Korban Pesach was cooked. It was all cooked inside the skin. That's how they would bring it home. This is how Ataya, how the travelers would carry this uh, Rashi here at the end. The last Rashi in the parak says, This is a well-known word in Shas, that this is how the Ishmaelim used to travel.
Marav just is about to start. We should come back to this daf in seven and a half years, wishing you all a beautiful night. Yeah.